Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. With me today, I have Chris Jurgen. He is a commercial real estate guy for 30 years, and he focuses on creating spaces for small businesses. I have Michael Davis. He's the founder of Speaking CPR, where he helps business leaders and speakers become more effective speakers. He's been doing that for about 12 years now. The question I have for the two of you today, how do you create time for learning and growing? And how often is it part of your day? And then what do you do with it? Michael, do you want to kick us off? Yes, I was happy when you sent this question out, Robin, because this topic's been on top of mind for me for several months, and that is mm. the idea of creating habits. Mm. I've been on a habit kick lately, examining my schedule. What are the good habits I have that I that I need to continue? And what are some that I need to break? And this self-learning is one that I decided to put at the top of the list. Mm. Uh, every day for at least 15 minutes, I carve out time around the lunch hour to read. And I don't have any specific topic that I'm going after. I just want to make sure I, I re-engage the habit of reading. Mm. And the other habit I've decided is to go through every quarter to invest in some kind of course to deepen my learning. Uh, I just started a 13-week course, uh, Creating Your Keynote Speech. Now, this is what I teach, but I'm going back mm. to my coach just to deepen an understanding of it. So those are two areas that I've jumped into with a lot of passion. Nice. And Chris, what about you? How do you keep learning? I, well, part of it is on the job. Um, you know, you're always learning. But um, typically what I'll do is in the evenings, I will take time out to sort of, you know, watch videos. I do it on weekends sometimes, but it'll depend because it'll be sort of, you know, I have to learn everything about this particular subject. So I'll mm. start diving in and trying to educate myself, resort to books on Amazon if it's a, a specific subject. But um, it's funny how much you can learn in, in now before you'd have to ask people and trying mm. to get recommendations on sources. Everything is available. I know for me, I've definitely run into challenges where I feel like I feel guilty almost reading, like it's a waste of my time. I should be doing something more productive. And what I found is since I've been doing quick hits and now I'm always looking for topics, I can justify reading better as long as I can take a note like oh that's a topic I could use if I can't then I, I always do audio because then I can weed or I can do something productive at the same time have you ever dealt with guilt around spending time learning not me time is obviously scarce but mm -hmm. if you're learning it's productive uh, I think every time you learn something new it's uh, it's like having uh I remember um, someone once telling me it's like a gold nugget. <laughs> it depends when you're saying reading, if you're sort of going, you know, for personal, for personal pleasure. Yes. Mm, I would yeah, no, I never read fiction. Yeah. That I can't justify. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. What about you, Michael? Do you ever feel guilt around this? You know, I, I felt guilt about not reading because mm. I think we have to be careful, whether it's Chris in real estate or me with speaking and storytelling. We have to be careful that we don't get complacent because mm -hmm. the world is constantly evolving. And I think it's important to keep up on new ideas and perspectives. At the same time, we also can fall into the danger of believing, well, I have to know everything about my topic before I can go out and offer it to people, which is completely untrue. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are in your field, 
right now, you are an expert if you're in it, just because if, if you've been in it five years, 10, 20, or 30, you know more than most of the population. And mm -hmm. we, we have to always remember that. We have a valuable skill to offer. I once heard somebody talk about teaching a course in college, and he said, as long as I stay one week ahead of my class, I'm always ahead of my class. <laughs> he said, I didn't know much more than the people in the room, but as long as I was one week ahead with my knowledge, I, I could justify being in the classroom. And I think it's the same idea here. We don't have to know everything, know the fundamentals, offer it and help people become better, but at the same time, don't get complacent. Mm -hmm. And so is this something that you put on your calendar, like you block out time specifically, or is this a habit that you, it's part of what you do? And so it doesn't have to be on the calendar. It just fits in wherever. I blocked it out until it becomes the habit. Mm. And I know there have been all kinds of studies. Some people say 28, some people say 30 days, 66, whatever. It's different for everyone. But when I know that I don't even have to get the calendar reminder anymore, that's when I know it's become habitual. Mm. What I do is I have my black book here. Mm. And these are all my to-do tasks mm -hmm. on, in different areas of my sort of professional life. And they get ticked as and when, you know, I'm going along. So if I find I have time, I open it up, see what do I need to do? Um, because my memory is not what it used to be. Um, <laughs> I get a lot of professional newsletters. Michael, I get your newsletter. I get different newsletters. And if I don't make a point on my list, go read emails. Like I'll only read the emails that are important, like from clients mm -hmm. or th those kind of things, meeting invites, and the ones that are the newsletters, which have interesting information in them that I can learn or I can use for quick hits, they get pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. So I have to always have it on my list to go read those emails or it doesn't yeah. get done. No, agreed. But there's such a great way to get snippets of information from different industries. So I think often people feel like, oh, you know, I, I have to read a whole book. You don't. There's tons of experts out there that send 750 words once a week that you can, you know, add to yeah. your, your read li reading list. That's a good yeah. point, Robin. I, years ago, a gentleman said, told me, he said, you know, I don't ever read a book all the way through. I read it until I feel like I've gotten what I needed from it. And then I mm -hmm. set it aside. Mm -hmm. I might revisit the book later for a different perspective, but we don't have to read them all the way through. Mm -hmm. I, I read something recently that said, if you want to read more good books, stop reading bad books sooner. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's so common sense we overlook it. Mm -hmm. And that that same article made the point that you should read the amount of a book you should read before you decide, is this a book that's worth reading is a hundred pages minus your age. Cause as you get older, you get faster at deciding. I'll, I'll, I'll read the reviews and I'll go straight to the bad reviews mm. and read through the bad reviews. And that kind of gives you an idea of where, you know, what people are thinking and then read the good reviews and then decide, okay, this book might be worth reading. Um, mm. Like Michael said, that's another approach. Uh, read the book. If you, you know, if, if you don't want to finish it, don't finish it. Um, makes sense. Well, I like that strategy, Chris, yeah. because you can tell pretty quickly if somebody has an axe to grind with a bad review or if they give legitimate yeah. reasons yeah. why it's not good, then mm -hmm. I pay attention. But otherwise, yeah. it's like, no, that, I agree. that dude's just sitting behind a computer with nothing better to do than criticize. Right? So, Michael, I'm really interested because you said that you do read at least 15 minutes a day. How do you choose? Like, what is it that you're reading? What do you, what do you kind of pick up? Well, it, it, 
there's no one answer to that, Robin. Well, right now I'm going into some more storytelling uh, brain science books because mm. I'm fascinated by how the human brain reacts to story. I mean, this is what I teach people and work with them on all day mm-hmm. and teaching them, for example, why emotional language is so effective in tapping into your audience and getting them to put down their phones. Mm. We call it being in reporter mode versus dialogue, bringing people into a scene when we create a story. So there's certain ways to structure your story. So I I love reading about how the brain reacts to stories and speaking. So do you have books laying around that you're just like, oh, I'll pick this one up? Or do you have have a method to the madness? I have a Kindle. Oh, of course you have a Kindle. Why wouldn't you have a Kindle? No, I use both. If I really like a book and I've got it on Kindle, I'll go buy the soft cover. Because mm-hmm. then I want to go in and make notes. But no, there's no method to it. And I you own it. <laughs> Pardon? And then you own it. Then I, uh, yeah. absolutely. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I don't mind marking up books. Some people think that's heresy. But to me, it's go back in there and find out what worked and, and why did that particular passage jump out at me. But no, there's no real method to it. It just depends on what my mood is. Okay. And Chris, what about you? How do you decide? I the subject, if I enjoy the subject, I'll read it. I don't set, set aside times. If I have like, it's a rain day and I'm not playing tennis, I'll pick the book up and start reading. It's it's more sort of ad lib. Um, nice. Uh, I wish I had more time to read sort of general stuff. My, my daughter always asks me, dad, why don't you read novels? <laughs> so I don't have time. No, um, definitely. But, uh, Well, that is our 10 minutes. I love that when I asked you, how do you grow yourself? Both of you responded with, I read. And I appreciate that very much. I look forward to speaking to each of you again really soon. Likewise.